good to say who he is to you. It's not enough that he be something to you. The psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my strength, my strong tower, my help, my ever-present help. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my strength. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last. He's the lily of the valley. Hallelujah. He's everything. He's healer. He's provider. He's the need meter. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Praise be to God. Glory, 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 glory. Here's one. Here's one that we all like and, and we all need. He's the one. How many of you know whenever you come to the place where there's just no answers? Amen. He's the, and maybe, you've met, maybe it's because you've messed up. Anybody ever messed up something in your life? Made wrong choices or did the wrong thing or whatever? He's the God of second chances. <laughs> He's the God of another chance. Yeah. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. It can seem like it's over. How many of you know Rahab messed up her life? But she got another opportunity. David sinned with Bathsheba. He got another opportunity. <laughs> Moses got angry and hit the rock. All through the Bible. Peter, he denied Jesus. Paul, or his name was Saul, was killing Christians. I think there's hope for all of us, don't you think? Glory, glory, glory. Glory, God. The main thing is, don't you give up on yourself. Don't you just cast away your confidence and say, it's over, it's too late, I've messed my life up, I've messed my marriage up, I've messed my finances up, I've, messed, I've blown my brain with drugs, I've done this, I've messed up. There's mercy. How many of you know there's, there's mercy and there's second and third and fourth chances and fifth chances and sixth chances? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So be encouraged this morning. Somebody says it's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, it's not over until you quit. It's not over until you quit. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's, you know, people have said, is there life after divorce or is there life after the, yes, 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 yes. Amen, amen, amen. Well, maybe shout one more time before you're seated. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Let me, hold on a second. I want you to think about something. Think about something. Why would all these people be shouting if they hadn't taken advantage of what we're talking about several times? Listen, listen. So don't sit here and look around and say, these people all look like they got it all together. There was, there was a time in all our lives we didn't have it together. But we got another chance. We got another chance. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, don't, don't sit there and think, Pastor, you just don't know me. You don't know how bad I've messed up. Well, you don't know the power of the blood. Yeah, the power of the blood. Give you, to wash you and cleanse you. And God deal with you as if you had never missed it. Never missed it. Never missed it. Praise the Lord. One of the greatest needs of all, everybody, body of Christ, anybody in the world, is just, just to be forgiven. Because <laughs> we've all done something like this. Oops. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. Amen. If, if we were doomed because we messed up, then what did Jesus come for? What did he come for? He, he came because we knew, we, he, he knew we were going to need some second chances and third chances. And glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, sit down if you can. No guarantee you'll be able to stay there. Thank God for the word. You might say, man, you are just radical. How many of you remember that story? Jesus, there was a lady came in. She, he was eating at this man's house. And a lady came in and she broke that alabaster box. And she, she, she poured it on Jesus' feet and she was weeping. And uh, remember that story? And uh, the guy that she was, the guy that uh, was invited Jesus and whose house it was said to Jesus, he was embarrassed because this woman had been a prostitute, you know, and he's embarrassed, you know, and, uh, you know, he thought it was a waste, all that she poured on his feet. Remember, that was very expensive perfume. And uh, Jesus, he knew what was, he knew what the guy was thinking. He didn't say anything out loud, but he knew it. So Jesus said, I got a question for you. He said, uh, he said, uh, you know, he talked about one guy being forgiven more than another guy. And he said, which one do you think loves the most? And he said, well, I suppose it's the guy that was forgiven of the most. And he turned to the guy and he said, I came in here and you didn't wash my feet. Oh, yeah, look out there. 
You didn't do this. You didn't do that. But she's not ceased to wash my feet. And she poured all this expensive. And she, he said, she, she loves much because she was forgiven of much. And so if you think we're radical, maybe we've just been forgiven more than you. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we got a little more to shout about than you guys to shout about. <laughs> I don't know. It's just possible. That's true. We've been forgiven much, so we love much, right? So don't ever criticize somebody that's excited about what God's done for them. Did you bring your Bible this morning? Praise the Lord. Let's look at several verses to start this morning. Uh, that uh, will kind of be a springboard for us to jump in what we're going to preach on this morning or share on. Preach, pray, I don't know what's we'll teach, preach, whatever. Let's go to, uh, to start with, go to Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. And we'll read from verse number, there's really several verses here, but we'll just read one verse, Matthew six. And we're going to read verse 31. <clears throat> this is where he said some things about the natural needs of life. And uh, God will take care of all your natural needs. And uh, verse, no, let's just back up. We were going to read verse 31, but back up verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow's cast into the oven, shall he not much more? You need to underline much more. Much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Clothe you. He'll take care of you. That's all the natural material needs of this life. Then he said, therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, your father, your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. And seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Oh, that's good news. You put first the kingdom of God. And notice he said in his righteousness. His righteousness is uh, what's right in his eyes. And what's right in his eyes is that you put the kingdom first, amongst other things. But you do that, and he said, all these things will be added unto you. So therefore, verse number 31, don't take thought for all these natural material things. Don't take thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Where are we going to get the money? You know, so forth and so on. Take no thought saying. I want to talk to you again about your thought life this morning. We've been on this for several, couple of the services that I've been preaching here lately. Did Brother Andre do a good job on, Sunday, or on Wednesday night? Praise the Lord. He's uh, not been preaching as much as he was there for a while, so we just got to get him out of the gate every now and then, you know. But uh, I know he did a good job. But look at this. Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. I want you to underline that. Take no thought saying. Then the questions, you know, follow there. What are we going to eat and drink, so forth and so on. So don't take thought from questions presented to your mind that come to you from what you see in your checkbook balance. Come on, the bills you see laying on your desk. 
Take no thought from them. From them, meaning worried thoughts. He's talking about taking thoughts of worry. Worrying about what are we going to do and where are we going to get the money and so forth and so on. Take zero thoughts. Hold up your thumb and your finger like that and make a zero, zero. Take no thought means zero thoughts. Zero. Zero. You know why I don't have trouble with money like I used to? I don't think about money. I do not think about money. I think about what did God say? What is the plan? Amen. So uh, take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. Say that out loud again. Take no thought saying. Well, where could you take thoughts from? You could take thoughts from what you see. You could take thoughts from the enemy. You could take thoughts from circumstances. You could take thoughts from what somebody said. Right? You could take thoughts from God's Word. Our thoughts are our choice. What, what we're thinking on is our choice. It's our mind. It's not the devil's mind. It's not God's mind. Somebody said we have the mind of Christ only if we take his thoughts. Amen. The mind of Christ is really in our spirit. But we have to take thought from what the Spirit of God's teaching us in our spirits. And uh, so this is, uh, you could just write, if you want to do something, write a line by the word, take no thought, say, put it over, li- draw a line over to the margin and write the word responsibility. This is you and I. He's talking to you and I about being responsible for what we're thinking about. This is our responsibility. Not God's responsibility. It's not his mind. It's our mind. God gave it to us. And he tells us to be responsible. And you could write the word discipline uh, by there. Uh, It's up to us to be responsible and disciplined with our thought life. And, and pay attention to where we're take, taking thoughts from. Yeah, right. What yeah. we're taking thoughts from. Yeah, so good. Amen. 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 It's our responsibility. It's yes. our, it's our uh, we, we must discipline ourselves. And so we've been talking about oppression the last number of services. Mental oppression. How Satan wants to take over people's minds. And we see it in, a, in, our, in our culture all around us. People's minds are getting squirrelier and squirrelier. Um, and, you know, without, without sound teaching from the Word of God, you don't, wouldn't expect anything less. Right? You wouldn't expect, you wouldn't, ex- I mean, out there in the world where, uh, you know, the stuff that's happening is happening. The Bible said in Luke 21, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear, looking on all the things that are coming on the earth. You get your attention, looking means attention. You get your attention on what's going on in society uh, and the anger that is raging in people's minds and hearts. I mean, just in airports, it's amazing. It's just the the rage, the the anger, the, you know, you you just get out there in the culture. If you're not used to being out in the culture, just get out there a little bit. And people are just angry. They'll just blow up at you for almost nothing. You know, you just, you just kind of look at them or something. They go, what are you looking at? They're just mad. Yeah. And you can get, you get your attention on that and, uh, and other things, and you can start saying, man, it's, it's a dangerous day. And that's, that's what the Bible said is going to happen. But uh, we can choose not to put our attention on all the stuff around us and put our attention on God's Word. Hallelujah. And take thought, for, take thought from the Word. If you're going to take thought from anything, take it from the Word. Take it from God. 
Hallelujah. And to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Yes. Peace is not the result of God answering your prayer and giving you peace. Right. He already put peace in your spirit yes. if you're born again. Yes. Amen. Peace is the is result of casting your care on the Lord, according to Philippians chapter number four. Uh, make your supplication known unto God. And then he said, whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's just, so forth and so on. Think on these things and the peace of God. The peace of God is the result of your thought life. Torment is the result of a wrong thought life. Thinking on the wrong things. An undisciplined mind. We haven't talked about the mind much in, in services lately, but we're, I'm talking about, you know, in the last number of years, but we're going to spend some time on this because, uh, you know, just a, just a day we need to, and the Lord's prompted me about it. So now go over here to, uh, uh, go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, we've looked at these verses before, but so have we eaten steak before and eaten potatoes and we're going to do it again after lunch, after service today at lunch, right? Isaiah 26, verse number three. Don't ever come to church and say, oh, I know all this. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed that if you keep hearing it, you start recognizing? Oh, I still, I still have been, uh, I still have been uncontrolled in that area or still, yeah. Somebody said, I've heard it many times, not as many times as I have. And I still go back to it. Ringy dingy. Yeah. All right. Isaiah 26, verse number three. Wilt thou, excuse me, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Uh, the, the Hebrew actually says peace, peace. You know what that is? That's redundancy. <laughs> thou wilt keep him in peace, peace. One layer of peace on top of another layer of peace. Glory to God. It's like a layer cake. I mean, a, a cake is good, but a layer cake, that's double, that's double good. You got a layer, and then you got some icing, and then you got another layer, and then another layer of icing. That's cake cake. <laughs> that will keep him in perfect peace. Peace, peace. Peace is good. Peace, peace is even better. Whose mind? Oh, oh I thought it was going to be because God gave it to us. Well, think about John chapter number four, John chapter number 14, the gospel of John chapter number 14. What verse is that? Verse number 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My own peace, the Amplified says, I give and bequeath to you. See, when Jesus left, he left us something. He, he went to heaven, but he left something of his here. What did he leave? His peace. That's what slept through a storm in the back of the boat. I mean, the, the, can you imagine the, the, the boat doing this? And he's back there. He's back. <laughs> That's not peace. That's peace, peace. <laughs> That's peace, peace. So he was, that's, he's, that's the peace he left with you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace, the Amplified says, I give and I bequeath to you. That's an inheritance. A bequeathing is something that you've inherited. Praise the Lord. Belongs to us. And then he said in the Amplified, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and unsettled. I don't remember how the Amplified says it all. Stop allowing. So, so he said, I leave it with you. 
but it's basically if you analyze it, the language, the language there, he's saying, I leave it with you, but it's not automatic yeah. that you're going to experience it. Right. So you have to do something with your thought life. Yes. There is so much distraction in our culture. So much distraction. Uh, I don't want to be uh, all inclusive in the statement I'm saying because there are various reasons for things. But, but I would say at least a big part of the problems we have with ADD. I'm talking about our culture, you know. Not we, but ADD and so forth. Is just because people are really tormented in their minds. Much of what their thought life is, uh, much of their thought life is controlled by what they're watching and seeing and so forth, rather than directed on purpose. And so their minds are bouncy and they can't keep their attention on one thing. It's a lack of discipline. I'm sure there's other areas too. Don't miss There's other issues probably too. But, but uh, I mean, you know, just less sugar in the kids would probably help, you know. Yeah. True story. But you understand what we're saying. All right, back to the verse. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind, whose mind is what? Stayed. Is just blank and empty, not thinking on anything. Stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So right here you can see that uh, walking by faith includes, it's not, you don't believe God with your mind, but it does mean that you must keep your mind stayed on something. Yes. Trusting God includes and involves keeping your mind stayed on certain things. Yes. Amen. That, means, that means your attention, yes. your thought life. Yes. The Bible says, uh, Paul said, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body. We are three-part beings. He said, I pray they be kept preserved and blameless. So we are spirit beings. We have a soul, which includes our mind, and we are a body. We have, excuse me, we have a body. And the mind part is one of the, thing, one of the parts of man that Satan wants, wants into. He seeks to gain entrance into people's minds. He wants their thought life. He wants their attention. He really wants to take over their minds. If, if somebody will allow him, he'll take them to where they lose their mind. That's what happens. We hear stories about things like that. And that's what happened to the madman of Gadara in Mark chapter number 5. The Bible said that he, uh, after, he, excuse me, after he was set free, he was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Which means before that, he had not been in his right mind. Now go over to the book of 2 Timothy. So we'll, we'll, these verses, uh, we'll refer back to them. There's much more to say. Uh, concerning each one of these, but as we go here, we're going to come back. Notice 2 Timothy chapter number 1, and uh, the Bible talks about the mind, yes. talks yes. about your thought life, yes. talks about what thoughts you take into your mind, yes. talks about yes. discipline in your mind. Yes. That's really what Isaiah 26, 3 is. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. He's talking about disciplining your thoughts to stay on the right things. And that's, that's really what that is, discipline. So First uh, Timothy, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, look at verse number 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love. And what's these next words? Sound. Of a sound mind. Sound mind. Sound. Sound, 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 sound. Sound mind is a, is a mind that is stable. Excuse me. It's stable. It's not, uh, you know, um, 
not, uh, you know, what's the word I'm trying to find? Uh, imaginations uh-huh. don't rule over reality. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's good. I remember a young man one time, bless his heart, precious young man. I mean, had, and still, I mean, still, I don't, I don't mean in the past tense like it's over, but because anybody can get a hold of their thought life again, but has such potential, such gifting, such a, such a, uh, I don't know, gifted child, you almost say. And, uh, you know, growing up in the church and, uh, and he got a whole, I don't know quite sure what all happened other than he just didn't have a disciplined thought life. And he began to have all these imaginations that somebody's watching him all the time, you know, through the TV, uh, the government's looking through the windows at night at him outside. There's people behind bushes looking at him. Uh, and, and the kid went out of his head just went out of his head. The enemy tormented him with those thoughts. That was not reality. Someone said, Pastor, don't you know they can do that through the TV and stuff now? Yeah. Yeah, but just say hi. Hi. And they're not doing it all the time. And probably you're pretty low on the totem pole. You know what I'm talking about? You can't be controlled. Your mind cannot be vexed with imaginations that is just happening all the time. And then, come on. Come on. Amen. I'm aware of things. I mean, I remember when we were in Russia one time, I just knew in my spirit, something just ain't right. We're in this hotel, and I just knew something isn't right about this hotel. Something just isn't right. Every time we'd come down to the foyer, there'd be at least two different kind of the police in two different kind of uniforms down there. Every time. Every time. And uh, I just knew something wasn't right. And I told my wife when we weren't in the hotel, I said, when you're in the hotel, don't say anything against the government. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. I just yes, knew sir. there's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not weird in saying that, you know, that's just not possible. Nothing like that ever happened. I know stuff like that happens. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. But I'm just not scared and I'm not out of my head about it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. you understand what I'm talking about? The devil. And, and let me just address conspiracy theories. Someone said, is, is it all what it appears? No. But you can't get weird and out of your head and unsound. People get unsound. Anyway, he's given us the spirit of uh, power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind. Sound. Tell your neighbor, sound. Sound mind. So that's another verse that talks about your mind. How many of you can see all these verses talk about your mind? And there are many other verses. The Bible talks about do not fret. Amplified says do not fret. This is Philippians chapter number 4. Or have any anxiety about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your requests known. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall rule garrison. Amplified says garrison. And mount guard over your heart and your mind. Your mind. There's supposed to be something garrisoning your mind. A garrison, if you look up the word garrison, it's a troop of soldiers. That's talking about protection. A mind that doesn't just take in and swallow down every thought that comes to it. Amen. This is how torment is getting in. Uh, I don't have anything against medications per se, but the, the world is being fed a bunch of lies about this area. 
Are you worried? Take this medication. No, are you worried? Cast your care on the Lord and control your thought life. And you can do that. Somebody said, I just can't do that. Well, then we need to tear that page out of the Bible. I've been there. I know what it's like to have a tormented mind. So I'm not saying that to be harsh. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that just we got to have, we got to have uh, clarity and not believe lies. Put your hand on your head and say, it's my mind. I can think on the, what I choose to think on. In healing school, we ministered, Kenneth Hagin ministered healing school for a number of years there. And in healing school, people came for physical healing and for torments. And we saw them both delivered. But we had to talk a lot about this. And thank God it works. I'm a witness to it. I, I, I can testify to it. I was tormented as a teenager. But the Word of God, nobody laid hands on me. Nobody cast anything out of me, cast anything off of me. Uh, not, nothing, you know, I don't have anything against that. But I'm just simply saying all that, somebody could do that. And all those things that opened the door to begin with without changing habits, mental habits, bad mental habits, and, and, and not controlling your thought life, it'll all come back. And uh, you really know further along. Until you actually start practicing the word. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. You got to keep your mind on the right things. So, you know, you teach your children uh, uh, good physical hygiene or, or, you know, brush their teeth, you know, take baths and so forth, stuff like that. But spiritual children need to learn good mental habits. Good mental habits. And uh, one of those mental habits that we need to learn is to control our thought life. Not just suck down every thought that comes to us. Amen. Our mind, people have said, well, you know, you're down there at the church. You just have, you're you're close-minded. To the enemy, yes. Not to God. But to the enemy, very close-minded. Very close-minded. I mean, I go on lockdown in my mind whenever he comes around. I go, I, I, I lock down on the word. No, no, no. It's written. It's written. It's written. And if you're under attack, you need to learn to do that. And uh, it's a bad spiritual habit. How many of you know uh, certain bad habits in the natural could really get you killed? You know, let's just take one, like just flying off the handle at people. There's a lot of people that, you know, well, whatever, you know, they're upset or whatever. You fly off the handle at the wrong person, he could get you killed. Right? So that's a bad habit. Uh, It's somebody that's out of control in an area. Well, you fly off the handle and, and have natural habits, bad natural habits, it could get you killed. Bad mental habits can kill you too. Bad spiritual habits. Amen. Just as quick and maybe even quicker. Amen. Taking wrong thoughts. Now, um, the believer has to learn not to take thoughts from the enemy when he presents them. And that includes in many different areas. That includes fear, anxiety, worry, unbelief, offense. Right there's a big one. Anybody ever had offense come to you? And, and, and I mean, just, just pressure you, just, just, it just keeps coming, just keeps coming, just keeps coming. What, what is that? That is an attack of the enemy 
to, to try to get you to take that. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, take no thought, say, take no, take no thought. See, nothing is yours unless you take it. Well, I'm just offended. Oh, you just confessed you took offense. Yes. Yes. It came to you and you took it. Yes. Well, I couldn't help it. Well, the Bible says you could. The Bible says you can. Paul said, herein have I exercised myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God or towards men. Exercise is the main word there, right? <laughs> Exercise exercise. People want to be strong, uh, you know, and not have to give in to, not give in to offense. They want to be, you know, world champion overcomers in that area. And, uh, but they don't want to exercise. It'd be like going to a gym and say, I come to get some muscles and they say, okay, lay down on this bench. You know, I didn't want to exercise. I just want to, I just want to buy some muscles. Doesn't work that way. And being a world champion overcomer in the area of offense when it comes, it, it, it comes through exercise. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It'll come and you push it away. Yes. And then it'll come again and you push it away. And you say, no, no, uh, I have great peace and I love thy law and nothing offends me. Nothing offends me. So uh, take, take uh, you have to learn to do this. Some people are like the sticky side of Velcro. Yeah. Offense comes, thoughts come. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you know what I'm talking yes, about? Sir. Yes, sir. And it's just like, it's like it's just, yeah. it's like they kind of put out their hand to try to catch stuff yeah. like almost. And if nobody's offending them, they'll find somebody else that's being offended and they'll get offended with them. It's not a way to live. Amen. So uh, you got to learn to not take these things. It's a bad spiritual habit. Tell your neighbor it's a bad spiritual habit. You got to break that habit. Break it. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to start we start breaking these habits. You got to develop a new habit. You got to practice. Practice taking no thought from the enemy and practice answering the thoughts whenever they come. And practice resisting the enemy. And practice turning your attention away from things that the enemy say and turning it on to the Word of God. Amen. Now, you won't get good at it just the day you start practicing. You don't get good at anything just one day. You get better as it goes, as you practice and practice and practice. Amen. And listen, if you're going to have a renewed mind, you're going to have to practice turning your attention away from the enemy's thoughts and practice turning your attention to the word. Let me tell you when the best time to practice is not when you're under attack. Practice this all the time. It'll be easier whenever you get under attack. Amen. Tell your neighbor practice means work. Amen. But you can do it. You can do it. Hallelujah. And you can get a new habit, habit of thinking on the, what the Word says. Praise the Lord, replacing the enemy's thoughts. So um, to learn to do that, you, uh, you have to learn what the Word says. And where you learn what the Word says is you go to church. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Come on now. 
at least a good church. Find some place where they're preaching and teaching the word. You don't, you don't, people say, well, just take the word and resist the enemy. Well, people don't know what the word says. They don't know that the chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. Uh, the, the, in, other words, in other words, for that, it's ch- the harassment or the torment of my peace. They don't know Jesus took that on the cross just like he took si- sin and took sickness and, and the curse, poverty. They don't know that. And so they don't know they're redeemed. So they don't know they have a right to be free. And they've never experienced really a life of peace. They've been tormented maybe for a long time or many, maybe most of their life. And so to them, the way they live is normal. And so they don't know anything different. And so you have to, the Bible says over in Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 11 and 12, down and through there, the word is a revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You have to be sitting under the word to have it revealed to you what you've been yielding to, what, what, what has the enemy has taken advantage of. You know, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, let let's, he get the advantage. Yeah. Ignorance of the word is Satan's advantage. All right. Come on. People aren't bad people. They just don't have knowledge of what the word says. Yes. Or they don't lo- know it like they need to know it. Yeah. I know some things, but not as good as I'm going to know some yeah. things. Amen. You too, right? Yes, sir. I'm living much freer than I used to. Much more sound, much more stable. I used to have ups and downs. I mean, <laughs> I, I won't say something my wife said to me one time, but uh, it is funny. I know you'd like to hear it, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, you know, just roller coaster. Yeah. Just because I took thoughts yeah. and, and I would take that oppression into my mind, I'd become a different person. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So if you're sitting here saying, he doesn't know what, what I'm dealing with. I know exactly what people deal with. I know all about it. All about it. But I had to get my mind renewed. I had to learn. I had to recognize. First of all, I had to recognize what I was even yielding to. You know, people say, cast this thing out of me. No, I had to stop yielding. You understand? Stop yielding. Maybe unconsciously yielding, but still yielding. Do you realize Satan can't do anything without our consent? But yet, right on the other hand, someone could give him consent without knowledge that they did it. We have record of people in the Bible who yielded to demonic influences and took thoughts and didn't even know they did it. Really, Pastor? Yeah. Remember, remember the two sons of uh, was it, uh, the two sons of uh, what's John and Mark, who was their da- dad? Zebedee, I believe. Uh, and they get, Jesus got to one town and they didn't receive him. And they said, do you want us to call fire down from heaven? Yeah. 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 They learned about their authority. Yeah. They thought Jesus would be impressed with that. Yeah. We'll just call fire down from heaven. Just kill these critters. <laughs> Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Yeah. They yield. They took a thought from another spirit and didn't even know it. How many of you know if you don't know it, you're going to keep doing it? So go to church. (laughs) Amen. Go to church. Go to church. We don't know how squirrely we are till we get to church. You know what I'm talking about? 
Don't get mad at me. I said, we, we, we got to go to church, get the words. You start sitting under the word and realize that's squirrely. That's not, that's not my thought. I've been taking, I've been taking wrong thought. I've been yielding to oppression of the enemy. While we're on oppression of the enemy, I was thinking about this. <clears throat> the Bible said there's many voices. Remember 1 Corinthians 14, 10, there's many voices in the world. And that's talking about, if you look up, Satan's the God of this world, the Bible. The word world doesn't just mean the planet. It means the kingdom of darkness. Satan's the God of this world. And there's many, there's many uh, people working for him. And there's many spirits working for him. And they all have something to say. And they're in the world. He said, there's many voices in the world and none of them is without signification. There is so much in that verse that the Lord has spoken to me about, but here's the side of it maybe we haven't shared as much about. Whenever, that says nothing of, there's nothing without signification. When he says something to you, it's going to be something that is significant. It's, gonna, it's going to be something that, that uh, it pertains to your life. Amen. If you've never, if you've never gotten drunk, if you've never done anything like that and been stupid because you were drunk, he's never going to just, just keep hounding you about being drunk and your, your past and stuff like that. It's not significant to you. He can't use that. What he uses is something that's significant. I don't know where we're going, but we're headed that way. <laughs> I said he uses something that's significant, something that pertains to us. Like, like if you start having symptoms in your body, and it's exactly the same thing that uncle so-and-so had, and he died at the age of 45, and they always said, he looks just like you, and you look just like him. And everybody in the family says, man, you're almost like you're his son. You know, that kind of thing. And he had the same symptoms and he died at 45. That seems to be significant that you're having the same things. And so he'll use that to just oppress you, oppress you. He'll just try to, he'll just try to talk to you. Just he'll keep bringing, you know, they always said, you look like uncle, uncle Ben. and, And just, you know, these are the same symptoms and he died at 45 and you're 43 and you're, you're having the same symptoms. It's going to happen. And it's, it's something that's significant. Does that make any sense? We're talking about mental oppression. If you understand what he's doing, you'll understand how to counteract what he's doing. But let me, let me make this point. Um, what he'll do is that he'll try to make you afraid of the same thing happening to you because it's something that sort of applies to you. And uh, he'll try to tell you it's going to turn out for you the same way it turned out for Uncle Ben or... You know, there's, we could say a thousand different things, but you know what I'm talking about. And so he tries to oppress your mind with hounding you with thoughts along that line. Right? And those thoughts will just keep on coming. They'll just keep on coming. Because he's find, he found something that's significant, and you're more likely to take that. You're not as likely to take something else. But he's finding something that's significant, so he just, he just works on you, just works on you, just works on you. But here's the thing you need to understand. He's working on your mind is what I'm talking about. See, the, he's shooting evil darts. He's shooting. Remember the Bible talks about take the shield of faith. You can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 
those fiery darts are those thoughts. And they just keep on coming. You deal with one, it comes again. You, you, let your, you get busy and you get a little worn down spiritually. They start. He's just trying to get that in, right? Amen. Trying to take advantage of you in that area so he can oppress your mind. He wants you to believe that. He wants you to take that. Remember, take no thought saying. That tells you how you take it by saying it. See, thoughts come to your mind and they're not your thoughts until you take them. Don't say, why, I, why do I keep having this thought? It's not your thought. Stop saying it's your thought. You have not taken it just because it comes to you. Right? You have not taken it just because it comes to you. It's not yours just because it comes to you. Listen, listen to you, you sit here and think, well, I don't know why this is important. Every day, every moment of every day, this is important. Every day, every moment. Above all, the Bible said over in Proverbs 4, above all, guard your heart. Above all that you guard, guard your heart. I mean, you lock your doors in the car and you lock your house and everything. You watch your purse and so forth like that. But above all that, watch this. Watch what gets into your thought life. Watch what's getting into your heart. Because the thought life is the doorway to your heart. So watch over this. Every day. Every day. There's been times I started just kind of being irritable. And I'm like, where, where did this come from? And I go back, and it's something that I got to thinking about that was bothering me. And I turned it on everybody else, and everybody else had no, they didn't do anything. It was ju- just all inside of me. See, you have to understand that about people. It's not, if they're all just frustrated with you all the time, it's not always about you. It's about their deal. So don't think you're the one always doing something wrong. I mean, unless the Lord deals with you about something. So it's not yours just because it comes. You understand? It's only yours if you think, take his thought and think his thought after him. Now it's yours. But you don't have to take it. You don't have to take it. You can say, no, it's written. I'm not taking that. That's not my thought. But anyway, back to this thing that, about significance. He's trying to get you to take it. He keeps oppressing your mind. I wouldn't even, maybe, maybe oppression is not the right word. It's not oppression until you take it. But it does come to oppose you. You understand what I'm talking about? I don't want to split theological hairs, but, but, but uh, you, you cannot take it and you're not oppressed. You're being given the opportunity <laughs> to take it. But anyway, to say what I really needed to say about that, um, one thing you've got that will greatly help you in these kinds of attacks, these significant kinds of things, you know what I'm talking about, is that you have to actually realize that, let's say, use the illustration I use about an, 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 a fictitious Uncle Ben here <laughs> that died at 45, and he was just, everybody said, you look like his kid because, you know, he's your uncle and all that. And now you're having the same symptoms, and the devil's using that to try to get, get into you and say, that's exactly the way it's going to go for you. The Lord helped me some one time on this. This was way back years ago. A lady, a pastor's wife, actually, <clears throat> was being hounded about this. Her father, if I remember all this right, her father had died of cancer at a young age. Her brother, her uncle, and there was another one or so in there 
just a lot of people in her family weren't, weren't living very old because of cancer. And in her upper 40s or lower 50s, I don't recall when, she was diagnosed with cancer. And that was hounding her, oh, yeah. hounding her, yeah. hounding her. Yeah. The devil was saying, I took all them out and I'm going to get you too. And so we were visiting with them. I think we preached the meeting for them, and then we were going to another meeting together. Neither one of us were preaching at the next meeting. And, I, and uh, she was telling us some things that the doctors had said. And I'm just checking my spirit on what to say, how to answer her. And it came up out of my spirit this way. He said, tell her that might have been what happened in your you know, other relatives' lives. But... Tell her they didn't plant the seed to get any kind of different harvest. You've planted the healing seed. You got the word in you. So significant? Not at all. You didn't get that. Significant that her whole family died young, or not, not her whole family, but many in her family. Died young, significant, not at all. Why? Because it's every man gets a harvest off of the seed he's sown. And if you take the thoughts of cancer, accept cancer, and believe you're going to die of cancer, and talk cancer, and, and only think thoughts of dying young, you're planting the wrong seed. Everything produces after its kind. If you'll take the Word of God, the healing Word of God, plant the Word of God, think those thoughts, believe the Word of God, and speak the Word of God, totally different outcome. Totally different outcome. Can you see that? I said, can you see that? What happens to someone else doesn't actually pertain to you at all. Every one of us stands before God alone. Did you, you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Before God alone. In other words, we don't stand before God with everybody else who failed in that area. No, no. We stand before God alone. We stand before him with, with, with what we have done with the word. What we have done with the word has no bearing on what other people have done with the word. And what other people have done with the word has no bearing on what we have done with the word. That's good news. So pertain to you? Not at all. Not at all. And she rejoiced at that. I'm talking about this pastor's wife. She rejoiced at that and, and took, she, you could just see it. She just took that in like a, like a bass going after a good jigger bait. You know, just, she just went, got it. Amen. Amen. And she lived for years and years Amen. and years after Amen. that. Hallelujah. 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 See, we're talking about how the enemy gets in. He, he brings these thoughts. He wants you to take it. It's like a salesman or, a, or a, somebody coming to your front door, knocking on your door, and they want to sell you something. No thanks. You can close the door. Why? Why can you do that? You have the authority to do that. That's your property. You have the authority to do that. You can do the same thing with whatever the devil's peddling. You can do the same thing. You can say, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm not taking your stuff. Just get off my porch. In fact, leave my property. Amen. Well, it's a box and it has my name on it. I don't care. The devil knows how to spell. Just, just kick him off your property. I guess. I don't know. But anyway. Hallelujah. 
Praise God for answers. We're getting answers. I said, we're getting answers. All of us stand alone before God. Amen. It's never wise to compare yourself to somebody else. I said, it's never wise to compare yourself to somebody else. <clears throat> two, two people can have the almost identical condition and one do the right thing with the word, come out of it. The other one do nothing with the word and, and they, they are destroyed by it. And that's true about mental oppression too. Well, it just runs in my family. Not significant. Not significant. It ran in my family. Notice I said ran. But it, it stopped with me. In fact, in fact, my brothers and I got together one time and we all agreed it's stopping with this generation. Stop. And, and, and it's not been passed on. None of us have had all that stuff. And, and the next generation didn't come up with that. And, and, and it's not passing on. It's, it stopped with our generation. So the fact that grandpa and, and daddy and all that went down that road significant? Not at all. We do the right things with the word. And it doesn't matter that it was in our family tree. You ever checked into your family tree? You ever found out it's a tree of fruits, flakes, and nuts? <laughs> what kind of tree, family tree do you have? I got a fruit tree, family tree. Bunch of nuts. I don't know. Maybe you got a better family. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you, without Jesus, we're all flakes and nuts, right? We're all squirrely. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, glad, I'm enjoying service this morning. So it takes a disciplined thought life. You got to break the habits of just taking all the thoughts that, produce all that produces all that torment. Now, um, praise the Lord. Um, one of the greatest weapons the enemy has against you is the power of suggestion. Just like I just told that little story about, you know, somebody that said you look like Uncle Ben or something. That suggestion is just simply, he'll, he'll, make, he'll make suggestions that seem to make sense to you in order to get you to take it. See, that's what he's trying to do, trying to get you to take it. Do you realize that if you have taken it, even somebody said, well, I've already taken it and I messed up my mind. I'm, I'm squirrely in my mind, whatever. Do you realize it's still not too late? Thank you. Yeah, come on. You can untake it. Yes, you can. It's like becoming friends with somebody on Facebook or something. They're cool. I'm going to friend them. And you find out later they ain't cool. <laughs> There's a little button up there you can unfriend. You know what I'm talking about? That's what you can do with all the thoughts you've been taking. I'm not your friend anymore. I'm unfriending you. I'm taking you out of my world. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to see what you're saying anymore. I am unfriending you. I'm friending the truth. <laughs> That's a choice you can make. Now, it's best, it's best, and maybe easier, but whatever. Anything's possible with the greater one in us, uh, to not ever let things in. Use your faith to not let things in. Then you won't have to use your faith to get them out. There it is. There it is. 
That's important. That, that's a big deal. Now, I had to use my faith because as a teenager, I let a bunch of torment in. I used my faith to get it out. Faith will work. Faith will work either way. You understand? But it's just better to not let it in. And, and you can't do anything about the past, but you can do something about the present. You ever let... Yeah. There's two reasons people let things in. Because, number one, they weren't aware that, that they had... They weren't paying attention to what they were thinking about and what their attention was on. And they let it in. Or they fully know fully what they're letting in. They just like to feel... Let's just take offense, for example. They just like to feel like a victim. The flesh likes that, by the way. Uh, they like to feel like somebody's done them wrong and that they, they uh, you know, are owed something. And <laughs> you know? So the flesh likes that. So, so they are fully aware of what they're doing. They just aren't disciplining themselves. That's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. Eve wasn't aware of what she did. Adam was fully aware of what he did. He just didn't stop it. And guess what? The devil got both of them. So either way, Satan gets in. But once he gets in, you can turn around and say, no, out. That's called renewing the mind. Now, before we were saved, we, we all started developing a mind that was, you know, against God and thought wrong thoughts and so forth and so on. But and so all of us are in the place where we need to renew the mind. And we can all do that. We can all do that. Amen. In fact, it's not an option. It's a command. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. And learn not to take these suggestions. Learn not to take these things into your mind. And uh, learn to control your thought life. I remember the Lord started dealing with me about this in Ramah. And they started teaching on the mind. And I'm saying, what are they talking about this for? There's not much about this in the Bible. Now I see it everywhere in the Bible. Everywhere. It is everywhere. What you think on is a big deal. And uh, so I started hearing the word and I started thinking, wow, the Bible does say that. And uh, I think probably the first verse that really got a hold of me is Isaiah 26, 3. His mind has stayed on thee. I'm like, well, what's my mind on all the time? I started thinking about what I was thinking about. Most people, most, even Christians, they don't think about what they're thinking about. So I started thinking about it. And I wasn't even trying to change it right at the first. I was just thinking about what I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking, my goodness, look at all the stupid things I'm letting in my mind. This is, this is crazy. i got to do something about this. Yeah. So I went to working on it, and then, boy, whew, I didn't know the job was such a big job. It's like a construction guy that comes on site, and he thinks it's a two-hour job, and it's, it's, it's weeks, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I came yeah. on the job, and I said, it's like, okay, this is going to be a lifetime right here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Well, when's this going to be over? Can't I just relax sometime? <laughs> well, when you get to heaven. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't want to have to work like that. Okay, be tormented then. You know the Lord will help you. I'm not, not, not be tormented, but he'll help you do the work. He'll help you do the work. Greater is he that's in you. Greater is he that's in. He'll remind you. That's a wrong. He'll, he'll, he'll catch, your spirit will catch you and, 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 and speak to you and say, hey, that's not what you should be thinking about. You should ask the Lord, Lord, I see what I need to do. I see uh, I need to put up some of that uh, construction tape around my thought life. 
Uh, you know, what's it say? Job site or work site or under construction or something. It needs to be one around my, a couple of them around my mind. Yep. Doesn't say construction. It says reconstruction. Yeah. Right? And uh, I need to go to working on this. So Lord, show me whenever I'm thinking, taking wrong thoughts and uh, help me to catch it. That's the first step is catching it, realizing I'm taking wrong thoughts. And so once you do that, he'll start doing that. And then you can't just, because I was new at this. Back, I'm talking about Rhema days. I'm like, okay, I see this, this, this mind is squirrely. No wonder. No wonder, no wonder. I was so oppressed. No wonder. Okay, I see it needs reconstruction. Okay, how do I do this? And first of all, I heard him talking about not taking thoughts. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm not going to think that thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I still wasn't getting any results. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, I said, I said, I said, I'll never forget it. I remember exactly where I was turning the corner. You know, spiritual happenings in your life, they're marked. You can, yes, you can, are. you can go back to the spot where it happened. Yeah. I was turning the corner in off the main street there into the little apartment we were living in. And I, and I never forget. I said, I said, Lord, I need help. He said, you're doing it. This is what he said. You're doing it wrong. He said, it's not just not taking thoughts. It's replacing them. Amen. Notice the Bible didn't say in Isaiah 26, 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is empty and on nothing. No. No, I'm not going to think that thought. I'm just going to have an empty mind. No, you're going to be thinking on something all the time. So just make sure it's the right things. So I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. So I need to know, I need to know what your word says. Oh, I'm interested in the word along this line now. What does, what am I to think on? What am I to think on? And, and so, boy, I got into that class they were teaching on it. And uh, boy, I started getting the word in me and I started doing it what the word said. And it was a process. It seemed like almost a moment to moment job at first. But as I practice it, uh, some soldiers showed up. A garrison showed up. Oh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. And I said, I'm not taking that thought. I answered that thought. It's written in the Word of God. And I would say what the Word says, and that thought would leave. And I kept practicing that, and soldiers started showing up, and they started just garrisoning my, my mind. And it was like a defend, my mind became defended. But it didn't happen until I started doing what I was supposed to do. Hallelujah. Now things, I mean, it's just like, Dane doesn't like me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is one of my most treasured possessions is a sound mind. Fellowship with God is probably number one. But just, 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 I've been tormented and now I'm living in peace. And peace is much better. Much better. It's precious to me. That's why I guard it so much. I guard the atmosphere I am in. I guard what I watch. I guard what I hear. Uh, I don't just entertain any little thing that somebody says or thinks. Amen. 
Go over to First uh, Peter. I think it's maybe First Peter. I have to look for myself here. This just comes up here before we go. Chapter number, let's see here. <clears throat> it is Second Peter. Second Peter chapter number two. Chapter two, verse number. Uh, turn, let's go to verse number six. He turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that should after live ungodly and deliver just lot. That means righteous. The yeah, word yeah. just and righteous means the same thing. Right, he was righteous. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Vexed is in his, it's talking about his mind. Because yeah. he's righteous. So he's right with God, but his mind is squirrely. Do you see that? Is that possible today? Somebody could be a Christian, love God, but they have a mind that's tormented, harassed, vexed. This word vexed, that's, it's used, the same Greek word is used many times in the Gospels where it talks about Jesus ministered to those that were vexed. He's talking about tormented mentally. So he's vexed, and notice why. He turned, that's verse number uh, 7, delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. That means, you remember what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was seeking, well, let's just keep on reading. It'll say more. For that righteous man, again, it mentions he was righteous, dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul. Now notice soul. That's the mind, the motions. Vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He's right with God. But he's vexed in his mind tormented in his mind. That's the way I was. I got saved, but I was still tormented with my, in my mind. Amen. Now, you can't always see it, but sometimes you can see it in people's eyes. The Bible says the eyes are the window to the soul. Then he said, why? He said, because he was always seeing and hearing. Now, somebody said, well, that's just, you can't, get, you can't leave the world. I mean, the world's here and we're, we're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. But how many of you know Lot chose to move into that city when he didn't have to? He could have lived outside of that city. Right? And so he's putting himself in a place, in a situation where it's in his face day and night. You know, I get out and I get around and stuff and, there's, and I, I come in contact with a lot of people. If, you, if you're spiritually sensitive, you know that person's vexed, that person's harassed, demons are following that one around. You can, you can, that doesn't mean you go around casting the devil out of everybody. You, can, you don't even have the authority to do that. I mean, you have authority in your life, but not in their life unless they, they want to be free. But right on the other hand, uh, this was a choice that he made to just be around this all the time. You see that? And notice the word seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing. Do you have control over a lot of stuff you see and hear? You sure do. You sure do. 
You sure do. You could just write, you could put a line in this verse and write it out to the edge of the margin there, or a line out to the edge of the margin and write TV and internet. That's what it is, seeing and hearing. And you remember Proverbs chapter number four? My son, attend to my words. Attend is the attention. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. There's the ear. You should be circling these words. Attention. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Encircle the word ear. This is in Proverbs 4. What's that verse there? 20. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine uh-uh. uh, uh, eyes. Eyes. Circle eyes. So we got eyes, ears, and attention. Right? Keep them in the midst of thy how do things get in your heart? Here he's talking about the Word. How does it get in your heart? Remember, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly? Does that just happen because you sleep on your Bible at night? Huh? Osmosis? No. Huh? Come on, how does it get in there? How does it get in your heart? Eyes, ears, attention. Eyes, ears, attention. Eyes, ears, attention. Amen. Now, that can work for you or against you. It can work for you if you put it on the right things, put it on the Word. It can work against you and bring vexation by keeping your eyes, ears, and attention on wrong things. You know, whatever spirit is pushing something is the spirit you got to fellowship with to entertain it or watch it or hear it. Amen. People say, I don't know why my kids are always rebellious. Well, what are they watching on TV? Yeah. Rebellious people. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Well, they're not rebellion. They, they mean, they're rebelling against God. Yes, sir. Oh, you sound legalistic and free. <laughs> it's not legalism. This is discipline. And you can't, you can't try to get help from somebody by getting them to minister to you or something if you're not willing to exercise basic Christian discipline. Yes. Say discipline. discipline. What is discipline? Discipline is, somebody, is something that a disciple does. A disciple is one who is being disciplined. Disciple is being disciplined. That doesn't mean always spanked. It means just controlling oneself. Come on, somebody say amen. This is what the modern grace message misses. Well, we're just free. We can do anything. Yeah, and you can be oppressed too. Amen. There's more to it than just grace. Grace has provided freedom for all this, but you've got to exercise faith, and faith controls the thought life by Christian discipline. That's what the fruit of the Spirit are. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. 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 Temperance means body control or mind control or just self-control. You're controlling your attention. You're controlling your mind. You're controlling what you're thinking on, what you're seeing, what you're looking at, what you're hearing, what you're listening to. Amen. Amen. I mean, you might go to a doctor and they make certain, uh, you know, diagnosis or something like that. And don't don't say don't rebuke them. They're just they're just working in the natural realm. But you can go away and say, now my attention towards to the word. My attention says, you know, people, they think what we're talking about is just denying any realities. 
No, we're not denying realities. We are denying the right for them to stay in our lives. We're saying this is a natural fact, but there's something higher than this. It's called the truth that tells me I'm redeemed. Not denying this is here. I'm just simply saying, no, I'm not going to give, put my attention on that and accept it and let the enemy do something in my life whenever I have a right to be free from this. And you can't sit around thinking about it and uh, hold on to the Word of God. There was a vision God gave me in healing school. Uh, no, Pastor Nancy didn't have it. I had it. <laughs> Pastor Nancy refers to it a lot. But it was uh, in healing school. I was preaching in healing school. We did that for weeks at a time. I mean, a week at a time. And the Lord gave me a vision one day of the people that were in the you know, class that week sitting there. Not all of them were this way, but many of them were holding on to their sickness. And that puzzled me. I didn't understand what, was, what the Lord was showing me. He said, they're holding on to their sickness. I said, holding on to their sickness? They came here, some of them from way across the different parts of the United States, spent a lot of money buying tickets and hotels, and, uh, and, and they're here to receive their healing. What do you mean they're holding on to it? It doesn't seem like if they're coming for healing, they're holding on to it. I didn't understand what he was trying to show me. But they're sitting there with their, in, in the vision. I saw them sitting there holding on to their sickness. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me understand. And he spoke to me. He said, what they're thinking about, their attention is on. And what they're attending to, they're embracing. Well, think of it in this area. If you keep your attention on an offense or a wrong, you're embracing it. Let it go. Well, how do I do that? Get your attention on the Word of God. Get your attention on what the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, what that love does, that love forgives. This is good help this morning. Hallelujah. People are holding on to things. They don't even realize they're holding on to things, but they're, they're holding on to it nonetheless. And you know, Satan deceives them into doing that. If they realized what they were doing, they would not do it. They weren't doing it consciously. But you know, when you meet them at the door and, and all they have to say to you is all that the doctor's report says and all the diagnosis and what's going to happen next and, and they said only 30 days and this will happen and so forth and that's all they're thinking about, that's all their attention on, they're not embracing the Word. It's legal to let go of their, put, get your attention off all that. It's legal to not worry. Legal. It's, it's perfectly legal in the kingdom of God. In fact, being worried about all those things is contraband goods. You're, 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 you're carrying contraband goods in the kingdom of God. Amen. In the, in the, uh, you can stand with me. We've got to close down here. Not doing the word, but listening to it this morning. <laughs> When we travel to Nigeria and come back, I don't know that they have a lot of elephants in Nigeria, but let's say we went to Nigeria. They got them in Africa anyway. Let's say we went to Nigeria and we said, hey, some ivory tusks. Hey, that would look good in the ranch. Let's buy these and put them in the luggage. Make them look like something else. Make them look like golf clubs or something, you know. 
You know that's illegal? It's called contraband goods. So if I were to try to do that and they found it, I mean, you need to raise some money for pastor's bail, you know? <laughs> Actually, don't. Just let me take care of it myself. <laughs> it was me, right? But anyway, so uh, they would, they would uh, not let me into the country carrying that. Right? Contraband goods. Well, let me tell you something you won't ever walk in or get into carrying worry, carrying your attention on other things. You'll never enter into faith. Contraband goods. You can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. And you can't enter into a sound mind. God will say, I got a sound mind for you over here. And you're trying to, you say, oh, I want that. Here, I'm going to bring my worry into my sound mind. God said, contraband goods can't go in. Can't go in. You can't go in. You got to lay down the worry. You got to lay down your attention on all that the devil's saying. Every thought that he's bringing to your mind, you have to lay it down and you have to take up my thoughts. Pastor Nancy's statement so blesses me, uh, Isaiah 55, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And then he offers us his thoughts. Pastor Nancy said, he, God's offering you his thoughts. Take them. Take them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take them and enter into a sound mind. Take them and enter into freedom from anxiety and panic attacks and being tormented and vexed. Glory to God. And there'll be no confiscation of anything except your, your trouble, your worry, your anxiety. God said, I'll take that. You leave that at the door, but you go on into peace. You go on, you go on into a sound mind. You go on into being free in your, your, your thought life. Glory be to God. I did it. I preached myself happy. Tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor, put your hand on your head and tell your neighbor, it's my mind. I control my thought life. Hallelujah. How many of you are going to pay attention this afternoon and from now on, pay attention to what your attention is on? Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. This is, this is real living. I found this. A lot of things that I thought had to happen in order for me to have peace, a lot of these outward things and stuff, didn't have to happen at all. It, I, just some things needed to change in my thought life. What, what I'm thinking about, what I'm... Amen. Glory to God. People bring up sometimes things that were in the past, things that were wrong or whatever. And, and I sit there and sometimes they're, they're, they're just assuming I remember it all. And I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord, help me remember. Help me remember what they did because I because because I don't want to act like I, I don't know but I really don't remember <laughs> that's the way I live amen. 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 amen I don't remember that time he spit on me <laughs> no it didn't happen I'm just kidding glory let's not let's not carry around a bunch of contraband goods amen praise God are you free this morning are you going to stay free this morning what about this afternoon? Huh? Tonight? Tomorrow? Till I see you next time? Controlled in our thought life. Well, what about, what about? Well, that's what Jesus brought up. Questions. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? All those in Matthew 6, those are all questions. 
But one of the areas that Satan gets in is all the yeah, but what abouts? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but, but, but how's it going to, but, but, but when, I mean, who's going to, and wh- where's it going to, and that's not your thought. <laughs> Bible didn't say he'll keep you in perfect peace if you can answer all these questions. No, no, no. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to close this service. But what about, but, but when's it going to, and, 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 no, not your thought. All you got to do is just say what he said. Just say what he said. That's his department. All the hows and whens and whys and through whom and all of that. If I take thought for Kansas City and I take thought for the airplane right now, I got no answers. But I just don't take thought. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm not big enough to do my part and God's part too. Besides, my mind wasn't created to handle all the stress of trying to figure everything out. It just wasn't created. It'll break down my mind. It'll break down my, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, you know, people say, well, I'm just so, so stressed out. Yeah, you're taking things into your mind. That's not, that's not your department. Say amen, somebody. You're not, that's not your job. Your job is to walk by faith in what you do know. Just say what you do know. Whatever you don't know, you, that's not your department. You just say what you do know. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And when the enemy's trying to get you over in that mental realm, you, don't, you just decide, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I have barely thought about how much a 421C costs. I, I, we talked a little bit about it, but, but there's a range there. And I don't think about, well, we could do this, we could do that. My mind just doesn't go there. I'm just waiting to see if the Lord says anything. And then I'll just do whatever he says. All the other stuff will just fall into place. I didn't know God was putting us in such an area in Kansas City where the expenses for buildings were so high. I found that out. If I'd have known that, I might not have chosen that. But that's his problem, not mine. We got a supply. We got a supply. And we're just going to see some miracles because we're not getting into that mental through whom, how, when. Praise God. It's a wonderful way to live. You ought to live this way. Brother Hagin said that one of his, he, he was building out the campus there because they had so much need for the students to, you know, house the students at campus at Rama. And somebody came by, it hadn't been, he had an old friend he hadn't seen for a long time, and he wanted to see the campus. He's driving around in the golf cart, and, and the, the man started tripping out a little bit. He said, oh my God, Brother Hagin, you must have a lot of things on your mind, a lot of weight on you. Brother Hagin said, no, no, he started, God, not me, no, 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 I got the care of it, cast over on the Lord. In other words, what's he saying? I don't sit around and think about, oh my goodness, we need hundreds of thousands over here. We need million over here. We, no, 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 no. See, that's the way you got to be with these contraband goods. You say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going there. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. If the Lord can't put it over, what's the use of us worrying about it? But he's big enough. He'll put it over. Glory to God. I'm just waiting for somebody to get it. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Woo! Glory! <laughs> hey, glory! 
Praise be to God. 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 When I started learning to not worry, I started because I, I didn't realize, because remember, I didn't, wasn't paying attention to my thought life. I didn't realize that I worried so much. So I was practicing that and practicing that. And I got to the place I just wasn't taking thought from all the worried things that come. And I, I, was so, I was so light and so unburdened. And I'm smiling all the time, you know, just like. And I started pitching myself. It's like, is this me? This is a guy I don't recognize. You know what I'm talking about? And then I thought, well, maybe I should be a little concerned about a few things, you know. You know what I'm talking about? And I heard the Lord in my spirit say, no, this is the way I planned for you to live. And then he said this to me. He said, it's legal in the kingdom of God to not carry any worry. I don't know why he said it that way. It just, I never forgot. It's legal. People think it's not right for you to not be worried about everything. You know, there's a lot of hungry people around you. There's a lot of people with a lot of needs. Oh, I just hit some... There's a lot of problems in our nation. You should be worrying. You should be. Don't you care? People don't know the difference between, between faith. You know, care, they think care means you carry the burden. Care doesn't mean you carry the burden. Care means you have compassion. Amen. So, yes, I have compassion, but no, I don't carry the burdens. I don't carry the burdens. I don't carry the burdens in my own life. I certainly don't carry the burdens of the church. <laughs> Brother Hagin said to that friend, somebody said, when are you going to let out? Just as soon as you get it. <laughs> that friend walking, driving around that golf cart, he said, if the Lord's not big enough to put this over, he said, I can't put it over. He said, if the Lord can't put it over, just let it go under. That sounds like unbelief, but it's actually faith. It's actually casting the care of it over on the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Just let it, if God can't take, it, take care of it, just let it go under. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen.